The legend of Cayman Jack is just around the corner. With blue agave nectar, real lime juice, and cane sugar. Discover legendary tastes with America's number one margarita. Premium flavored malt beverage. Please drink responsibly. All registered trademarks used under license by American Vintage Beverage Company, Chicago, Illinois. Good morning, stranded. Thousands of passengers stuck at airports all across the country after a weekend of cancellations and delays. My sister's getting married. <laughs> We're not going to make it. Airlines struggling to keep up with increased demand from two holidays and their own staff shortages. Just ahead, the frustration felt by flyers and what's being done to get things back on track. Getting their shot, the first COVID vaccines for the nation's youngest children, now on the way to doctor's offices from coast to coast. The CDC giving final approval over the weekend. But will parents line up? We'll discuss it with White House COVID response coordinator, Dr. Ashish Jha. Landmark decision overnight, the International Swimming Federation voting to bar most transgender women from top events. That men and women are physiologically different cannot be disputed. The ruling affecting UPenn standout Leah Thomas and scores of others will take effect immediately. Straight ahead, the reaction and what it means to the Olympics. All that plus honoring Juneteenth. The tributes and celebrations being held to mark the key moment in history, now the newest federal holiday. Today, Monday, June 20th, 2022. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. And good morning, everybody. Welcome to today. It is 7 a.m. on the West Coast. Glad to have you with us on this holiday Monday morning. It's Juneteenth. We've got Craig here uh, as Hoda takes the day off. By the way, how was Father's Day? It's fantastic. It was the perfect day of peace and quiet. Sometime with <laughs> the, the kids. Where were the kids? Oh, they were there. I played a little golf. So it was, a, it was a nice day. How about Mike Feldman? Yeah, we celebrated him, okay. gave him lots of love. Um, didn't want breakfast in bed because look who the chef is. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> we had a good Father's Day. It's a holiday weekend, but tomorrow, SG summer officially arriving, but even before it does, much of this country is going to be feeling those triple-digit temperatures, including places like Chicago and Minneapolis. Dylan's got the full forecast coming up. In the meantime, kids as young as six months old finally eligible for a COVID vaccine after the CDC endorsed pediatric versions of Moderna and Pfizer shots. This morning, the White House COVID-19 response coordinator, Dr. Ashish Jha, will be with us to answer the questions a lot of parents are asking. But we are going to start with that travel nightmare that's still unfolding this morning. Thousands of flights canceled or delayed over the holiday weekend amid heightening demand and short staffing. Another big concern, fuel prices, with the national gas average still hovering around $5 a gallon. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen is saying the Biden administration is considering a federal gas tax holiday, which could save drivers nearly 20 cents a gallon. NBC's Emily Aketa has got it all at Newark Liberty International. Emily, good morning. Good morning to you, Savannah. For those who traveled over Memorial Day weekend, this may feel like a bit of deja vu between flight cancellations and delays, limited rebooking options, and long lines as airlines continue to grapple with staffing shortages amid soaring demand. This weekend, turmoil in the terminals. Look at the line. I mean... Welcome to 2022, I guess. More than 3,000 flight cancellations and even more delays left plenty of travelers stranded this holiday weekend. My sister's getting married. <laughs> and the reception was tomorrow, but um, we're not going to make it. 
The long weekend, including the new federal holiday Juneteenth and Father's Day, drove record numbers to the nation's airports. 2.4 million passengers on Friday, just shy of a pandemic high. But the soaring demand is aggravating an already strained system. To get here to the airport just for our flight to be delayed, 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 and about 11.30 last night, uh, it was the flight was canceled. Lines crowding terminals from Charlotte to Salt Lake City. One passenger tweeting, no idea what to do. Similar scenes played out less than a month ago when several thousand flights were canceled over Memorial Day weekend. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg confronting industry leaders last week, pushing airlines to provide better customer service or face potential federal action. Buttigieg's own flight was nixed as he tried to get to New York. The chaos comes as airlines contend with bad weather, staffing shortages, and astronomical fuel prices. If you can't lower your costs, you have to raise your revenue. And so ticket prices are going up, and, um, and they're getting uh, kind of out of control in some markets. Round-trip tickets pushing $400 this month. The sky-high prices reflected on roadways, too, with gas continuing to hover around $5 a gallon and jumping by at least 10 cents within a week in 10 states as the summer travel boom ushers in a boom in costs. And with July 4th right around the corner, remember, if your flight is canceled, airlines are required to offer you a refund, even if you booked a non-refundable ticket. Savannah, back to you. Emily, thank you. And now to a long-awaited sigh of relief for many parents of infants, toddlers, and preschoolers. More than two years into the pandemic, children as young as six months are now eligible to get vaccinated against COVID-19 after Pfizer and Moderna shots were given the green light from federal health officials. Joining us now is Dr. Ashish Jha, the White House COVID-19 response coordinator. Dr. Jha, good morning. It's good to see you. Good morning, Savannah. Thanks for having me back. So CDC over the weekend gave the stamp of approval to these shots, both vaccines. How soon would you expect kids to actually be able to, to go to their doctor's office or go to the pharmacy and get it? Yeah, so it's going to start this week, Savannah, and we're going to see the first shots going in. Uh, tomorrow, uh, Wednesday, over the next few days, and then it's going to ramp up in the days and weeks ahead. Some parents are going to be racing to that doctor's office to get this vaccine for their little ones. Others will not. In fact, studies have suggested the majority of parents are either hesitant or want to adopt that kind of wait and see attitude. What would you say to them, uh, especially when people think, oh, kids aren't as affected by COVID? Yeah, I have two things to say. I mean, first, we know that some number of kids do end up getting sick from COVID, unfortunately. We've had tens of thousands of children get hospitalized, including tens of thousands in the age group of six months to five years that just became eligible. Um, and these vaccines are exceedingly safe. And that's the biggest message uh, that we've now, these vaccines have been given to millions and millions of kids. Very, very safe. What I would say to parents is, you know, talk to your family physician, talk to your pediatrician, talk to the people who take care of your kids and get their advice. And that's probably the best way to move forward. The Moderna vaccine was shown to be 51% effective in preventing illness for kids six months to two years. And then the effective rate was 37% uh, for ages two to five. Those are not great numbers. This is for preventing illness. So again, what would you say to parents who say, is it really worth it? 
Yeah, so I would say two things. I mean, first is we do want to, <clears throat> excuse me, we do want to prevent infection, so it helps there. But where it's really useful, and we've seen this now with overwhelming data from kids 5 to 11, is it keeps kids out of the hospital. A certain proportion of kids end up getting very sick, uh, even kids without comorbidities, and the vaccines are terrific at keeping kids out of the hospital. So it helps some with infection, but it helps a lot with preventing serious illness. And on another topic before we let you go, COVID reinfections are a thing now. Raising my hand, I'm in the Two Timers Club. What's your best information about that? And is that something we should just expect now to get COVID a couple of times a year? Well, so what we're seeing right now is a variant out there, Omicron, that is uh, rapidly evolving. Uh, it is figuring out how to escape our immunity wall that we have built up through vaccines and infections. And we are seeing a lot of reinfections. And what I would say is, uh, for folks, is, you know, the pandemic isn't over. We've got to continue to manage this. If you get infected, uh, get treated. And we've got to do our part of continuing to work on improving vaccines, making them even more effective at preventing infection so we can finally put this thing behind us. All right, Dr. Ashish Jha at the White House this morning. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Now to that deadly shooting in Washington, D.C. last night. A 15-year-old boy was killed. Three other people, including a police officer, were hurt after a music event erupted into chaos. Police shut down that event after multiple violent incidents earlier in the evening. As people were trying to leave, a gunman opened fire, hitting at least four people. The officer who was shot is expected to recover. The two other victims are in stable condition. We turn now to the war in Ukraine. This morning, Russia is tightening its grip on key areas in the east. We're also learning more about the fate of those Americans who were apparently captured while fighting for Ukraine. NBC's Molly Hunter is there, joins us with the latest. Hi, Molly. Good morning. Savannah, good morning to you. That's right. So while Russia continues to make progress in the eastern Donbass region, in the south, we are seeing a Ukrainian counteroffensive take hold. And about those Americans allegedly captured, those families back home are holding out hope. This morning, the families of three Americans are desperately trying to get them home. Russian state media published a propaganda video allegedly showing U.S. veterans Alex Drukey and Andy Wynn appearing in captivity. NBC News is not showing the video. According to their families, they went missing more than a week ago near the eastern city of Kharkiv, where they were voluntarily fighting alongside Ukrainian troops. After the video surfaced, Joy Black, Quinn's fiancé, saying in a statement, They're Americans. We want them home. Nothing else matters right now. The State Department has not commented on the video or confirmed the names of the three Americans. According to his family, the third American, also a U.S. vet, is Grady Kurpass, who was in regular touch until the end of April. Everything seemed to be good. He was in good spirits. He was super happy. He was, uh, felt like he was doing uh, the right thing. Kurpass's family believes he's still alive. We want to have an answer for the family. Um, that's our mission is, is find out where Grady is. We do believe that there's a good possibility he's a POW right now. Detaining prisoners of war is legal. They can be held until the end of the conflict, but they must be treated in line with international law. What are you watching for in coming days to make sure that, that they are being treated as prisoners of war? Uh, the, the first main thing would be that they have access to the International Red Cross and that they're registered with the International Red Cross as prisoners of war. Human Rights Watch senior legal advisor Ashling Reedy says they'll also want clarity about who exactly is holding them and where. 
The concern is that if they're not treated um, as prisoners of war, that they will attempt to bring uh, bogus charges against them and then use that in negotiation um, as, as leverage. Now, Savannah, we've got a lot of big questions. We do not have confirmation that the Red Cross has had access to these men. We do not have confirmation about where they're being held or who exactly is holding them. Savannah, I'll send it back to you. All right, Molly, thank you. Much more to get to on a Monday morning. Chanel is here. Good morning. Good morning to you, Craig and Savannah. We have a lot to talk about this morning. Juneteenth celebrations and remembrances are being held all across the country, commemorating the day which marked the effective end of slavery in the United States. Let's go to NBC's Shaq Brewster. He's in Chicago with more on the significance of this now federal holiday. Shaq, good morning. Good morning. And while Juneteenth has been celebrated for decades, President Biden signed the bill that made it an official federal holiday just a year ago. And across the country, it was a weekend of celebrations that continue this morning. From a parade in Buffalo to a symbolic walk in Texas and a festival in Chicago. Americans gathering on the nation's newest federal holiday, Juneteenth. It took so long for people to actually acknowledge this as a federal holiday. This is only the second year. The day commemorates June 19, 1865, when the last enslaved African Americans in Galveston, Texas, were finally told they were free, more than two years after President Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation. I'm very happy this is a federal holiday because, to be honest, I really didn't know anything about it, you know what I mean? And so I'm still learning, you know, about my particular culture. But some corporations and organizations have been criticized for commercializing the day, like selling a Juneteenth watermelon salad or a Juneteenth ice cream flavor. Experts say companies are struggling to strike the right balance. I think if more companies had more people in decision-making positions who could help inform those conversations, they would think of more nuanced and I would just say better ways of recognizing the holiday. Meanwhile, awareness and appreciation of Juneteenth continues to grow. A Gallup poll showing a significant jump in the numbers of Americans who say they have a lot or some familiarity with the holiday, which many hope will not only be a time to celebrate, but also an opportunity to ignite a more honest dialogue about race in America. I mean, we need to have those conversations. It's uncomfortable. It's, it's, it's true. It's uncomfortable. Slavery was uncomfortable. We need to talk about it. Now, although Juneteenth is an official federal holiday, nearly half of the states in this country don't recognize it as an official state holiday. So for millions of Americans, the new holiday doesn't equate to pay time off. Chanel? All right, Shaq, thank you. Let's get our first check of the weather. Dylan is in for Al. Good morning. You're just back Good from morning. your royal travels. Oh, I know. Okay. So it's like 7 p.m. in my country. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. But summer starts tomorrow oh. everywhere across, uh, well, the northern hemisphere. We are going to see uh, temperatures that certainly feel that way, too. Let's take a look at some of the alerts that we have, especially across the northern plains, areas where it doesn't typically get this hot. So likely we will see perhaps 100 or more cities break records this week. So we have heat advisories heat watches, heat warnings that also include Minneapolis-St. Paul, where today the heat index will feel like 106 degrees. Stay indoors, especially that 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. time frame. Stay in the air conditioning if you can. Also, hydrate yourselves. Watch out for pets. Watch out for the elderly as well. Can't
Kansas City, it'll feel like 99 degrees. Dodge City, it'll feel like 98. Dallas will feel like 102, but of course, that's more typical for that part of the country. Detroit will feel like 90 today, and then it gets even hotter tomorrow. So all across Chicago, into Cleveland, St. Louis, it'll feel like it's close to 100 degrees or higher, with the actual air temperature up to 99 in Chicago and St. Louis. Nashville, 98 degrees for a high tomorrow. You go down south, and it's just as hot there, too. Atlanta will be at 101 on Wednesday, 99 Thursday, 94 Friday. Again, this all comes with a lot of humidity as well. Wilmington will be in the 90s and feeling closer to 100 degrees as we get towards the middle of the week. So the heat, the humidity, it's high. We also have monsoonal moisture out in the southwest. That'll produce some heavier downpours. And we do have to keep an eye out. When you have a cold front that runs into temperatures that hot in the northern plains, you could end up with some severe storms as well. So something we'll keep an eye on as they develop this afternoon. Then that's your latest forecast. All right, Dylan. Thank I like you, your, Dylan. your summer yellow. I was just about to Thank say. You. It's nice. The summer yeah. starts tomorrow. It is. This is the day yes. before summer. I, it is, <laughs> it is the eve of summer. It is. Thank you. Coming up, a major ruling by swimming's governing body overnight when it comes to transgender athletes. We're going to take a closer look at the changes, the impact on the next Olympics, and what it means for competitors like Leah Thomas. Also had this morning a new impact of that soaring inflation. Restaurants passing their increased costs on to us, the customers, the added fees that you may find in that next bill, and what you can do to try and avoid them. But first, this is Today on NBC. The legend of Cayman Jack is just around the corner. Mixed with blue agave nectar, real lime juice, and cane sugar for the perfect balance of sweet, salty, and sour every time. Discover legendary taste with Cayman Jack, America's number one margarita. Premium flavored malt beverage. Please drink responsibly. All registered trademarks used under license by American Vintage Beverage Company, Chicago, Illinois. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We are back. It is 7.30. It is Monday morning, 20th of June, 2022. How does that Beautiful. How nice does that look? Nice. Right? Mm -hmm. uh, this is a lot of sun for folks in Point Pleasant Beach, New Jersey. We're showing you this shot because this is a preview of what's to come for the next few months. Ladies and gentlemen, summer officially showing up tomorrow. I know. Let's get to your headline, 7.30. We will begin with welcome news from Yellowstone National Park. Federal officials say most of the park should reopen within the next two weeks. That is much faster than a 
originally expected after those record floods pounded the region last week and knocked out major roads. Yellowstone officials say the park will be able to accommodate fewer visitors, though, for the time being, and it'll take many months to fully reopen. President Biden says he is doing okay after falling off his bike over the weekend near his home in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. It happened just as the president and first lady were wrapping up a morning bike ride. Secret Service agents helped him up off the ground. The president said he was, quote, good, and that he got his foot caught in the pedal straps. Hope he's okay. Now to a yeah. decision overnight that's making waves in the world beyond sports. Yeah, FINA, the governing body for international swimming, approved a new policy that will restrict most transgender athletes from competing in elite women's events. NBC's Erin McLaughlin joins us now from Los Angeles with the details. Erin, good morning. Guys, good morning. College swimmer Leah Thomas has become the face of this debate. Back in March, she became the first openly transgender woman to win an NCAA Division I title, and she's been vocal about her Olympic aspirations. Now this new rule could mean the end of that dream for Thomas and potentially other trans athletes. Just three months after UPenn swimmer Leah Thomas became the first openly transgender athlete to win an NCAA Division I title, this morning, swimming's international governing body is imposing new restrictions for trans women. On Sunday, FINA, which partners with the International Olympic Committee, overwhelmingly voting in favor of new rules, effective today, saying trans swimmers must have completed their transition by age 12 to be eligible to participate in women's competitions. Athletes would also have to prove that they've continuously suppressed their testosterone levels since their transition. It is a policy that we need to introduce in order to protect the competitive fairness of our, of our event. The new rules, which do not impact NCAA athletes, mean trans swimmers who transitioned after showing signs of puberty will no longer be able to compete at the Olympics or World Championships. At the FINA vote, some Olympic swimmers speaking out in support of the new rules. That men and women are physiologically different cannot be disputed. In March, Leah Thomas had completed 34 months of hormone replacement therapy, surpassing the NCAA's 12-month requirement to compete on the women's team. But her participation in the pool was met with controversy, with many arguing Thomas had an unfair physical advantage, an idea she refuted in an interview with ABC News. Trans women are a very small minority of all athletes, and we haven't seen any massive uh, wave of trans women dominating. I am very devastated by this decision. Skylar Baylor is a friend of Leah's and is the first trans athlete to compete for an NCAA Division I men's team. What does this mean for Leah and her future? Knowing her, imagine that she will fight as much as she can um, for her right to compete just like anybody else. Leah Thomas declined our request for comment. FINA also says they will work to establish an open category for trans athletes to be able to complete at an elite level. But that move is also receiving criticism, with some arguing a separate category for trans women will exclude them from the sport. Guys. Mm. All right, Aaron, thank you. Just ahead this morning, the restaurants now coping with inflation by adding charges to your bill. Is there anything you can do about it and how to spot it? Vicki Wynn has everything you need to know. We'll be right back after this. 
We're back 739 in depth today. If you have gone out to eat recently, you may have noticed or not noticed an extra fee added to your bill. Yes, it's a way some restaurants have begun passing on inflation costs to customers. NBC's senior consumer investigative correspondent Vicki Wynn is here with more on that. Vic, what's happening? Hey, good morning. Morning to you with inflation at a 40-year high. Rising costs on items like food and gas have taken a bite out of nearly everyone's bottom line including restaurants. They are now cooking up new ways to make ends meet that could cost you a little more when dining out. From groceries and gas to housing and utilities, Americans getting a taste of sticker shock at nearly every turn, even when they go out to eat. New fees for everything from kitchen appreciation to wellness now appearing on checks at restaurants across the country as some look for ways to counter inflation. The industry facing soaring labor costs and a nearly 18% spike in wholesale food prices in the past year, the highest 12-month increase in five decades. The last time we saw wholesale food prices this high, Don McLean's American Pie was the number one song on the radio. Michelle Corsmo serves as president and CEO of the National Restaurant Association. She says some restaurants charge extra fees to avoid raising menu prices, which could mean losing customers. Why post a surcharge rather than just increase the price of the item on the menu? It's a really competitive industry. Think about how many choices you have for where you're going to eat, for lunch or for dinner. And so when people are making those choices, price absolutely factors in. Cosmo says these fees seem to show up more often in urban areas at both small mom and pops and big chains. When we go out to eat, are there certain restaurants we're more likely to see a surcharge at? Yeah, I think you're much more likely to see a surcharge in a full service restaurant where you also are expecting to tip the wait staff. Uh, it really is in pockets where you're going to see surcharges. What is the best way for a restaurant to handle a surcharge? We are in the hospitality industry. We want people to feel good when they come into our restaurants. And so telling them what to expect is absolutely what we want people to do. Romano's Macaroni Grill now stating online it will charge customers a temporary $2 fee, citing macroeconomic pressures. But the restaurant industry not alone in serving up new fees. Earlier this year, Amazon and rideshare companies Uber and Lyft all announcing new fuel surcharges, while Visa and MasterCard said they would increase swipe fees for some merchants, an additional cost those businesses may pass on to customers. But when going out to eat, Cosmo says restaurants know diners also have a lot on their plates. So ask questions and plan ahead. How can diners budget for these types of surcharges? Take some time and do some research. Look at the websites for these restaurants. If you're not sure and it feels like the kind of restaurant you might see a surcharge, call them. Ask them uh, what to expect. Ask them how they're handling it. Just so you know, restaurants can legally add those fees and surcharges, but the rules really vary depending on where you live because it's up to the state and local governments. In New York City, for example, if a restaurant adds a service charge, they have to tell you before you order. Mm -hmm. And generally speaking, you can actually ask politely about that fee sometimes. Sometimes the restaurant will waive it. Hmm. I mean, besides the fees, are they doing anything else to try and, and cover these soaring inflation costs? Yeah, the National Restaurant Association says that they are uh, reducing the number of items in some cases, and uh, sometimes they're changing where they source ingredients. So that menu might look a little different when you go to your favorite restaurant. But we, we want to point out that this is, should in no way, shape, or form affect the tips that the servers are getting. Absolutely. And that's something we talked about, too. Budget that in. Even with the fees, you really want to reward good service. Absolutely. Yeah. These Folks are working really hard for Everybody's that. Everybody's trying to survive this yeah. inflation. Yes. Yeah. Vicky, thank you. Thank you. Let us get another
check out the weather. Miss Dillon, Miss Sunshine over there. Oh, well, thank you. I didn't <laughs> Yellow from head to toe. I know, yeah. my nails are even yellow. Yes. Oh. And that was not planned. That really? Was... None of that <laughs> was planned. This has been on for like a week and a half. Okay. Anyway, we've got an interesting pattern setting up across the country. You can see where this area of high pressure is, and everything is kind of rotating around it. So we've got that monsoonal moisture in the southwest producing a lot of heavier downpours. We've got the storms expected up across the Dakotas today, and then it wraps around in the form of some uh, storms along the eastern side of the Great Lakes as well. So right in the middle, that's where we have our hottest temperatures, our most sunshine. But in the southwest, especially across New Mexico, we could see some areas picking up about three inches of rain. Again, a lot of it falls in a short period of time. So that could lead to some isolated brief flooding, something to keep an eye out for when you have that uh, monsoonal moisture. Also across the northern plains, especially across the Dakotas, we could see wind gusts over 60 miles per hour today as those storms pop up. Hail could be one inch or more in diameter, a low tornado risk, but still uh, the wind damage could be enough to produce some concern in that area today. It's that cold front. It's the clash of the cooler, drier temperatures with the warm, humid temperatures. Again, up in Minneapolis, St. Paul, we're likely to get up to 100 degrees today. It'll feel even warmer. Most areas through the middle of the country will be well above average. High heat and humidity down along the Gulf Coast, although in the northeast, looks real nice. Lots of sunshine, upper 70s and lower 80s. Not too bad. And that's your latest forecast. All right, Dylan, thank you. Coming up, your 8 o'clock hour. The legend of Cayman Jack is just around the corner. Mixed with blue agave nectar, real lime juice, and cane sugar for the perfect balance of sweet, salty, and sour every time. Discover legendary taste with Cayman Jack, America's number one margarita. Premium flavored malt beverage. Please drink responsibly. All registered trademarks used under license by American Vintage Beverage Company, Chicago, Illinois.